overcome it, get deliverance from it, and renew my mind by the Word of God. And then, uh, since then, I've traveled over 50 nations, and I'm always up speaking now. It's hard to keep me quiet. Deborah's story, her and Barack, they went to battle, and we know in the natural, as women and men, we're not fighting a natural battle, but we're fighting a spiritual battle. So I believe the first thing a woman would do is to uh, begin to pray over it. If you feel like God is stirring your heart, and maybe you're listening to this podcast, and God is stirring in your heart that maybe you are a Deborah, the first thing I say is to begin to pray over it. And God will awaken the desires and he'll begin to draw people into your life. And he'll even cause you to go to places that will uh, champion your cause. Welcome. Today we're joined by Michelle McLean, uh, author of The Deborah Anointing. For, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Michelle McLean, she is a prophet, she's an intercessor, she is a great woman of God. And this is an important interview because we're, we're talking about uh, The Deborah Anointing. This is her new book for the women that are interested in learning about how they can influence the kingdom, influence the home, all the different realms of their lives. This is the podcast for you. So tune in. Uh, we're going to unpack a lot of different things and also learn more about Michelle's ministry and her new book. Welcome to the program, Michelle. Thank you. Well, this this new book, The Deborah Anointing, what is the significance of Deborah in the scriptures? Well, Deborah was a leader, but I believe she was a different type of leader. She was a leader who led with the mother's heart. And I, I really believe in this hour where we have uh, such a lack of parenting in the kingdom, if you would say, even in the earth, I believe God is raising up women to, to lead with the heart of a mother. Now, for you, obviously, I know leadership is your heartbeat. This is something that the, the Lord has really stirred in your life. Did you have mentors in your life? Did you have a quote-unquote spiritual mother or spiritual parents that kind of walked you through what what it meant to be a leader in the kingdom? Yes, I did. The, the, it, my very first uh, encounter was with Apostle John Eckhart. Actually, he's my spiritual father. And the importance of having a spiritual father or a spiritual mother is they see the giftings in you that you can't see yourself. So they have more faith for your destiny than you do. So there, I, I believe we're living in a time where so many children and young adults, they're looking for purpose and they're looking for identity. And I believe God is anointing mothers and fathers to raise up sons and daughters. Now, in your own life, did you were you challenged in, in learning a, what your spiritual identity was? Yes, I was. I was very challenged. Uh, it start, well, everything, we all have a pro- point of reference, and it's usually go back to the natural home with your natural mom and your natural father. And I didn't have a natural mom. My mom died when I was three, and my father, uh, he never owned me. He never claimed me as his own. And so I, I went through life uh, as a, with what you would call like a spiritual orphan. I didn't know, I didn't have identity, I didn't have purpose, and it wasn't until I got saved and came into contact with Apostle John Eckhart that he began to speak life over me and began to show me that I wasn't in the world by chance or in a dec- in this, you know, in a decade by chance, but God had anointed me with a specific purpose. So at, at that time, so you, you come to Christ, you, you come to the saving grace of, of Jesus, and you realize that there is a purpose for you. Did was it a sudden thing, or was it a transition of just pivotal moments within your life? 
there were pivotal moments within my life. My the first encounter I had, I actually had a dream, and the Lord began to show me uh, traveling around the world, and I, I I didn't have any grid for any any of this. And many people may be listening. Maybe God is speaking something in your heart, and He's He's showing you, or, or even prompting you uh, through desire to be to do something greater than yourself. But what I've learned about the Holy Spirit, He will connect you with people that's aligned with your destiny. So in a sense, you you are you are a Deborah uh, in a sense that you were you were called and and the Lord has used you to speak into situations to provide counsel and and wisdom and insight. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I mean, it's the greatest sense of fulfillment. Deborah, she was a prophetess, but it also states that she was a mother. And I've come to find out, I, even though I'm a prophetess and I can hear the voice of God, I get my greatest pleasure in seeing others reach their destiny. So that being said, do you think that women are being silenced in the church? It seems sometimes there's challenges within the church when it comes to a woman speaking boldly and, and you know, declaring things prophetically and, and ministering. Ha- have you faced some of those barriers or, or obstacles? Yes, I have. Actually, yes, we've gotten better, you know, especially in the American church, we've gotten better. But actually, I found uh, as I travel to other countries where where the, the general culture is that men are the leaders and women are to keep silent. So, But I believe we're growing by leaps and bounds. But in that growth, I believe women are going to have to be healed from that pain. So I do believe the doors are opening on greater measures for women to lead in the local church. I do believe uh, God is setting us up for the greatest movement of God that that's ever we've ever seen, and women are going to be at the forefront of it. But I believe we have to walk very gingerly. We have to walk very carefully and circumspectly and make sure we're not threatening. Mm-hmm. Or are we not moving out of bitterness or anger, <laughs> but with our heart is solely to do the will of the Lord and to find our part in the kingdom. So with the, the Deborah anointing, is there a way for uh, someone that, that wants to grow in this, in this knowledge and in this revelation, if you will, is there a way for them to tap into this? And if so, what do they need to do? Well, the first thing you need to do is develop a prayer life. Uh, I really believe it's in the place of prayer. When you look at Deborah's story, her and Barack, they went to battle. And we know in the natural, as women and men, we're not fighting a natural battle, but we're fighting a spiritual battle. So I believe the first thing a woman would do is to uh, begin to pray over it. If you feel like God is stirring your heart and maybe you're listening to this podcast and God is stirring in your heart that maybe you are a Deborah, the first thing I say is to begin to pray over it. And God will awaken the desires, and he'll begin to draw people into your life. And he'll even cause you to go to places that will uh, champion your cause. That's powerful. Now, in the book, you, I, when you described Deborah, there was something that really caught my attention in the description. And you, you've already talked about Deborah being a prophetess and a mother. But you also mentioned that she was a deliverer and a strategist, a military strategist. Now, how, does, how do we draw a corollary between a judge and then also as a strategist? And how does that, how does that work in, in our time? Well, actually, I believe God will begin to give women areas and begin to give them plans and purposes 
where they can bring change. One of the key things uh, in the book of Judges, Deborah said, I arose as a mother in Zion. And that, and she began to stand up and do something outside of her the comfort zone. Hmm. So breaking out of the comfort zone. So within that, that breakout period, did you also experience something similar to that as Deborah did where you had to get out of your comfort zone? Yes, I had a strong fear of speaking. Uh, one of the things the enemy really attacked my life with was fear, and I had low self-esteem, so I hated to speak in public. I, I would uh, make excuses. I would uh, leave the building, and I hated to speak. So what the, what the Lord began to do was surprise me. And when I was in our worship services, I would feel an anointing stirring up in me. And then because I had a spiritual father who believed in women and he champions the call of women, he began to call me up on the stage. And I had to step out of that comfort zone of not saying anything. Would have the answer and would have the anointing, but with fear. Fear is one of the major things that stop women from moving forth in their call. Fear of men, fear of being wrong, fear of not being accepted. So that was one of the major things I had to overcome was fear. So let me get this straight. So the Lord has used you prophetically to, to intercede, to minister, but behind the scenes you were afraid to speak in public. Oh, I was so afraid. I, would, I had to listen. I, just, I had to adopt the Nike's term that says, just do it. Or either, uh, I believe it was Joyce Myers years ago, she would say, do it afraid. And that's what I had to do. I, I mean, I hated to talk in public. And so the way that my mentors and leaders would do, they would not tell me that I was assigned to speak. I would, you know, I love to serve. I love to pray, but don't give me a microphone. So I had to overcome fear. <laughs> Even and, and what the devil does, this is what I've learned about the enemy. He doesn't know our everything we're assigned to do, but he's very familiar with our bloodline. And I come from a, uh, a bloodline of strong women leaders. And so I believe he would he attacked me with fear and he knew that I would have an assignment to speak, and I had to overcome it, get deliverance from it, and renew my mind by the Word of God. And then, uh, since then, I've traveled over to 50 nations, and I'm always up speaking now. It's hard to keep me quiet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, this is power. I'm, I'm still in shock uh, and, and really am amazed to hear that, you, you, having known you and, and seen you minister before, that, that you were at one, at one point in time afraid to speak. That, that's shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows the power of transformation, the power of God. When the anointing comes upon you, it causes you to do things that you couldn't do in your own strength. So you truly are uh, uh, breaking barriers, and I, I see how the enemy will try to stop that and dissuade people from moving into to destiny. Michelle, we want to talk to you more after uh, we get back about discerning the spiritual seasons of the call. Um, I think now as we're, we're transitioning, as we see the seasons change, uh, people are always inquiring, what, what will the Lord have? And is there something that he's doing in the spiritual realm that, that matches what he does in the natural? So we'll, we'll talk to you in a few about uh, spiritual seasons of the call. Dr. Bill Hammond, the founder of Christian International Ministries, is considered to be the pioneering voice of the modern-day prophetic movement. In his 61 years of ministry, he has trained and equipped hundreds of thousands of saints and has personally prophesied to leaders of nations. He spent his life training people to hear the voice of God, and because of this, their world has changed. You can also change your world through Christian International Ministry, their products, and their events. You'll be equipped to hear God for yourself and others. 
your role on earth as a believer, your purpose and destiny, you'll receive a wealth of revelation and insight about hearing and receiving the voice of the Lord. For more information on Christian International Ministries, visit their website at christianinternational.com. Again, the website, christianinternational.com. And thank you, Dr. Bill Hammond, for sponsoring this podcast. And we're back. We are joined by Michelle McLean, author of The Deborah Anointing. And, and we're, we're talking about spiritual seasons of the call. Now, Michelle, you, you, you've talked a little bit about how the Lord called you into ministry and how you were challenged with, with dealing with fear. Uh, for, for, for those that are listening, are there specific seasons and times of, of walking into or coming into the fullness of, of, the, of your ministry call? Yes, it is. Uh, one of the things I've learned is, and I had to learn this, I, I first received a prophetic word that I was called to be a Deborah, and then I tried to do it all. You know, once I read about Deborah, I first got overwhelmed, and then I tried to walk it out, and you know, and within one year. But God moves in cycles and seasons and times and patterns. So I had to learn that, you know, God takes us through a process in order to walk into the fullness of the call. And one of the first um, parts of the process, I like to liken it to the four seasons, is winter. Uh, there's a, I believe everyone goes through a spiritual winter where you begin to die to self. And uh, many times I, I found that as a novice, young people, they want to do everything in their own strength, but in really to walk in the fullness of the call of God, you, you must die to self and allow God to work his work inside of you. So at that at that point in time, it it may seem like everything's just falling apart. Is that correct? It may seem yes. It, it it may seem as if though everything is falling apart, but really God is putting His finger on things that would hinder you in your next season or walking in the fullness of what He's designed you to do. So in your spiritual season, He begins to highlight maybe uh, some of the negatives in your life, and you can feel overwhelmed and. You can really feel like the fires of hell is burning in your life and everything is breaking loose, but it's really the hand of God shaking everything out that will stop you from moving forth into the fullness of your call. So there so it's is a real time of winter. It's a time of evaluating, a time of self-examination. Ah, so there's no need to get the anointing oil and start praying in the Spirit. This is really God kind of behind it, uh, yes. working, working on you. Yes, and I, most, I call it your wilderness experience. It's your wilderness time. Many times we see, we've seen the wilderness as a time of, uh, I've heard it preached, you know, it's a time when God has forsaken you, you're out by yourself. But really, when you look at the great prophets or men or women of God, when they were in the wilderness, it was a time when God dealt with the beasts nature, meaning symbolically the, the, the nature, their nature, the human nature, but he also encountered you. He would uh, allure you to himself. So it's really, it is a time of aloneness. It's a time where every, nothing is really happening in, in your life, meaning uh, spiritually, but it's a time when God is highlighting himself in you. So even in that particular period of time, does it always feel as if God may not be answering your prayer? Yeah, it can feel like the heavens is brazen, but it's a time when he's causing your roots to go down deep in him. And and it's not so much a touch, but it's where you're learning to walk by faith and not by sight. Wow. And then so obviously so we've gone through our our winter. What about the spring? What that, you know, that's the is, is that an exciting time or are we still kind of behind the scenes still being worked on? 
Well, you're being worked on a little bit, but it, it's also a time when things, there's a time of, uh, where things starting to bloom in your life, where you begin to, maybe God may give you some places where you can minister, or he'll begin to show you, uh, you, you begin to get a fresh, like that, what, the word I like to use is an awakening on the inside, and you know that you're gonna be alright. Uh, you begin to ask yourself, where, where are you stagnated? And then you begin to move out, and begin to bring change. It's a time of uh, still a time of preparation. And then, what's the next phase after after the spring? Then comes the summer. I like the summertime because it's a time of a revelation where God begins to reveal himself to you, where you start having more manifestations. Uh, like I said, in, in the springtime, it's a time where you say, okay, I embrace my call. And then when you get into the summer, God begins to give you revelation of what you're going to do. He may even connect you with some people. You'll start going to conferences. It begins to, uh, you begin to realize, yes, I can do this. With the help of the Lord, I can do this. So now, did you experience that that season in your own call, and what was that like? When I first received the word of the Lord, it was really a, a, a winter time. I had just actually gotten divorced. My first time I, I received the word, I had just come through a real uh, bad divorce, and these I had people prophesying over me about all the stuff that I was going to do, and uh, I just didn't receive it because I still had a low self uh, self opinion, self worth. And so once I began to pray and and times I got healed and got deli- got some deliverance in my heart, uh, I started, it, it was like wherever I went, if I just went to the Sunday service, people were prophesying over me. And I began to believe the word, the word of the Lord. It began to bring life inside of me. And then our church is an apostolic church, meaning a church that's called to go to nations. So I would just volunteer to be a part of the team where I would find places to serve and gain a greater revelation of who I was. So at this point, you, you, you've starting to come into your own and, and realize who God called you to be. Then what took place? So you, this is now your summer season, so there's a revealing, if you will. Then what came next? What happened in your own spiritual time of fall? The fall is a time of harvest where, you know, you begin to see the fullness of the call of God developed. And uh, what happened was I started, as I was serving in my in my summertime, I would serve and go with the teams. And then they would call me out and say, you, we." I know it was the hand of God touching the heart of my leaders. And they would call me up and then they started platforming me and I started speaking the word of the Lord, and then I, you know, then it just took on from there. The ministry just, it went to a whole nother level. So at this point now, you're you're traveling with uh, Apostle Eckhart, and, and are you also with your own ministry as well? No, initially when I started ministry, I didn't have a, an, my own itinerary. I just wanted to serve the vision of the house, and this is what I find I, I would... Uh, caution many women as you begin to awaken to your call it's good to serve in the local church i served in the local church and then when the teens went uh would go to the nations i would serve on the local teams and from that place of servanthood the doors would open and then sometimes when apostle Clint can't go he would send me and so then I start, people started calling, just left and right. They started calling. But it was an entire process of first me being healed, being delivered. Once I was healed, delivered, accepted the call, started finding places to serve in the local church. And then from serving in the local church, doors began to open to travel. Wow. So, so you've, you've really come into your own. 
just seeing all this stuff come to fruition. Now, how the the Lord has has always used you in a prophetic capacity. Um, tell us a little bit more about the intercession and how you've you've come into the to a really uh, a solid foundation of intercession and how it works with hearing from God. Okay. When, with my, I love to pray. Remember, prayer is simply talking to Jesus. It's really hearing his heart and his mind and then releasing it in the earth. So uh, intercession, I just love to, I was drawn by the, once I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I was drawn by the Spirit of God to a place of prayer. And then um, as I would watch television and see things happening in my society, happening in my city, I would get the what is known as the burden of the Lord, and I would begin to pray about it. I would ask God, you know, how do you feel about this situation? And and from that place, from that question, God began to uh, birth in me a heart to pray, to bring change. You know, that's what happened with Deborah. You know, she looked at the depravity in her in her country, in her nation, and she began to awaken her. The Holy Spirit, I believe, it was the Spirit of God that awakened her to summons an army to pray. Well, they had to fight, but we pray. We fight through our prayers. Now, you've touched on something. Do do you, just as we have seen in in current events, you know, the world seems like it is just falling apart, and and what the things that we once uh, held esteemed are are now despised, especially when it comes to, for women and how they carry themselves. We, We live in a world where, you know, it's it's selfie it's snapchat it's it's you name it how it with deborah deborah you know obviously it means a, a honeybee how how does that relate in the the aspect of this book the deborah anointing is there a virtuous woman that that's there that that is tapped into her, her spirit Yes, you know, one of the things uh, I would say about the Deborah anointing as it relates to our society, one of the major things Deborah says she was is she was a mother. And the mother is a nurturer and it's, she's a life giver. And I believe that's what God wants restored back in, into the DNA of our culture. There's so many young girls. Um, they're, not, they're, un, they're, they're, they're like orphans. They don't have any any love in their heart. Uh, for one another, or they don't walk with dignity or respect for themselves. So I just believe God is raising up some of us, you know, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, to turn our hearts toward our young girls and be intentional about helping them find their identity. And whether they're your natural children, your spiritual children, or if they're people, you just may, it's a part of an evangelistic tool as well. Maybe people, young girls you see on the street, they need a voice. They need someone to release and encouragement to them. So do you find yourself consistently speaking into the lives of, of those that you've, you've been called to minister to, not only in the pulpit, but also um, those outside of that, kind of your, your spiritual family, if you will? Yes. I, I, my perspective is this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. We're all a part of the human race, whether they're the Christians or not. God so loved the world. He loved, So I believe God is releasing his love back in the world. As women, women of God, we got to get back to loving the world. So if I'm in the store at a Target, I can remember once I was in a store at a Target. I was shopping for my own daughter and these other young girls. They were talking about going to the club and everything that they were going to 
put on, and something just arose in me, uh, just like Deborah. And before I knew it, I was talking to them about dignity and showing them, you know, different things that they should put on. Don't put that on. That's not what, you know, you're not going to gain respect with that on. And it was an anointing. This is, I really want to make sure I'm clear that this is an anointing, that if you say yes to God, if you just have just a small yes, that you would be a catalyst to, to release love to this next gen, to this generation, God will be there. So when I opened my mouth, God filled it with his words, and those young girls, they gave their life to the Lord. Wow. Praise God. So you, you touched on something that if, even if you just say uh, yes, that it can be the catalyst for great things to happen. Um, when did, did you find yourself just saying yes to the call? Uh, you, you described you know, your own fears, your own anxiety, getting past self-worth. Uh, when did that, do you remember that there was a specific point when you said, God, I'll do whatever you call me to? Yes, I, uh, I, I guess I was about 25, 25 years old, and uh, I've always had a heart for God. I was a, always a young girl. I am always was in Bible class, Bible school at some point in my life. And uh, I just, I, like I said, I was awakened through a dream. God began to give me a dream. I didn't understand it because I was raised in a Baptist church that didn't believe in women preachers, but I had a dream that uh, I was. I saw myself with a microphone, and as far as my eyes can see, I saw people with their hands raised, and I was making these. I didn't know at the time in the dream that they were decrees, but I was making decrees, and I didn't have any grid for it. I didn't because I always thought I was raised in a Baptist church that women couldn't preach. So, but I hid it in my heart. And and I remember when I was in worship, the dream was awakened again. It was brought to my remembrance. And I just lift up, lifted up my hands in the place of worship and said, yes. I wasn't even in the church service. It was in my daily devotional time that the Lord spoke to me. Wow. Michelle, I, I think it's important if, if if you could minister to our audience. Can you pray for them for for activating the timing of the Lord? Sure. Father, I thank you that you make all things beautiful in this time. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, that you're releasing your power like never before. God, I pray that you would begin to align our lives, begin to align every person listening to this podcast, Lord, begin to align their lives with your time, with your purpose. Father, for you are the one who sets eternity in our heart, and you make everything beautiful in its time. I take authority over every spirit of fear. For Father, you said you've not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I decree that vision is awakened in their hearts. I decree, Lord God, that you would set mentors in their lives. You would set mothers and fathers, Lord God. And I break every limitation and every barrier. But I decree, let the Debras arise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Michelle, thank you for, for joining us. Where can our listeners connect with you on social media? Well, I do have a Facebook page. It's uh, called The Prophetic Advantage. Uh, also, you can go to uh, michellemcleanministries.com. Okay, and that's McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N. McLean. Yes, <laughs> and where are you based at, Michelle? In Chicago, Illinois. Very good. Well, thank you, Michelle McLean. She is the author of The Deborah Anointing. Michelle has traveled to more than 40 nations and has conducted prophetic schools around the world that have activated thousands in the art of hearing God. Get this book. It's powerful. It will change your life. Thank you, Michelle. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. 
Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. Thank you.